Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It was, he said something verbally. Didn't get an explanation. Yeah, I got an explanation, but I mean, I, you know, I'm not, it, it, it was, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It was something that, that is said, it was something about somebody's mother, okay? And uh, there was a lot of talking going on out there, but, so, it was a penalty. Lions guard of 73 said something about somebody's mom, and that's why he's penalized. <laughs> I didn't hear, but you know, your mama joke could probably get you booked every time. Dan Campbell and Miles Garrett on one of the interesting penalties of the week as we embark on our second edition of After Further Review. Now, last week, there were a lot of bad calls that we were able to point out. This week, fortunately, not as many bad calls, but opportunities for us to explain and educate and inform ourselves in the process of preparing and hopefully some folks out there as we share this information. Hopefully, hopefully we get this right. But but most of this, we've checked the rule book. We've thought it through. For some of these, I've talked to people who are knowledgeable about the application of the rules, just, just so folks can understand how it's supposed to work, how it is working, how it isn't working. And it's confusing, Chris, as it relates to the your mama jokes, because the emphasis on taunting is premised on gestures, not words. Yeah, now, right. th- there, there is, and, and it's happened in the past, if there's racially charged language, there was a time when Colin Kaepernick was fined for using racially charged language during a game. This, you know, saying something about someone's mother, I mean, John Randall would have been penalized every week. A lot of people would have been. Back when he was playing. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, it's, it's, I'm uncomfortable with it because how do you consistently enforce this type of a thing when you know that for every one you hear as an official, there are going to be hundreds that you don't hear. Right. You're not going to take that out of the game by throwing the flag on the rare occasion that you happen to hear the joke about somebody's mother. Yeah, No, I, I mean, listen, that that's to me where, yeah, a little common sense has got to come into play here. You know, I even heard, I think, in another press conference of Dan Campbell, he's like literally, as the ref was calling a penalty about the guy talking about the mom, he was like, 
they had players talking trash and taunting us as the ref was doing it. So, yeah, again, the rule wasn't put in there to, to just take away talking between guys. It, it, it was the gestures. It was. And that, to me, is where, you know, again, with some of these rules and what we're seeing, the application there, we've lost a little common sense there. No doubt about it. You know, yeah, if he's talking about his mom and he's up in his face and he's, you know, going crazy and trying to make a scene, okay, then that's warranted. But if he's making a comment and he's walking by and there's no gesture and he's like, you know, you're fat like your mama, like if they're throwing a flag like that, then the referee's got to get the hell out of here with that. I'm sorry. That's not why the rule was there. And this had an impact on the Lions. They yes, were down it did. 13 to 7. It was at the end of the third quarter. It happened during the TV timeout. And so the Lions went from first and 10 on the Cleveland 42 to first and 25 on the Detroit 43. They did not get a first down and they punted. So they were moving. They were in business. They had a drive going. And the flag that was thrown for something that someone said about someone's mother ended up derailing that drive and potentially impacting the outcome of the game. And look, if that's the rule, that's fine, but they need to do a better job of making sure people understand it's the rule. Just like with the actual taunting gestures we're going to talk about in a moment, you need to be able to coach your guys. What do you say to your guys now? Right. How do you avoid this? Because you know that guys talk. It's part of the game. And John Randall did say things about people's family members. He was trying to get them to to flinch. Sure. To say, what in the world? What? What? He knows my wife's name. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Pre-internet. Right. Yeah. John Randall was out there doing research on family names, on just anything he could use to get under someone's skin, to get them in that key moment to just flinch, to, to misfire. Because they're asking themselves, did I just hear what I think I heard? And I I I'm it's it's a difficult standard to enforce consistently that's my concern about it yeah a hundred percent I'm with you there all the way and yeah you're right it's not it's not why for me that's not why the rule was there it's not and talking is part of the game it is we want to take away the demonstrative acts the acts that are you don't even need to hear what you're saying you're going that's disrespectful that's unsportsmanlike conduct why are you acting like that so let's uh let's go to some of the uh, let's go to the videotape I've been trying to think of a of a um, a good your mother joke to use against a Lions player like the Bears could use tomorrow. I, I have an idea. I don't, I don't, it's probably not inappropriate. Can I try it out? Do you sure. want to try it I out? I want to hear it. I'd like to hear okay. it. Okay. If you got to word it the right way, I'm struggling to word it the right way, but it would go something like this to a Lions player. Your mother is so fat that when you try to bite her kneecap, her kneecap bites you first. <laughs> You like that one? Is that good? I guess. Is that usable? I guess. <laughs> uh, All right. Here we go. Because uh, it's the whole like, – if you have to explain it, it's not funny, so I'm yeah, not going to try to right. explain Thank it. You, you have to follow the to. sport. <laughs> you have to follow the sport to know what I'm talking about. All right. If you follow the sport, you know what we're talking about when it comes to taunting. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire find out – or found out, as the case may be, the hard way, running the ball into the end zone on the, the pitch from – Patrick Mahomes, oh, there's the point. That's the problem because the point of the taunting emphasis this year is don't do anything in the face of an opponent. You put that finger in the face of the guy who's chasing you into the end zone, you are going to draw a flag. That is exactly what they are telling these guys to not do. So, and here's the way it works. It has become almost Pavlovian. 
a flag gets thrown for taunting. Twitter goes crazy saying no fun league, no fun league, no fun league. Now, I don't know what makes football more fun to have these gestures in it. I, it doesn't enhance my enjoyment of the game to be able to see a guy stick a finger in someone's face. Stupid. Right. But they, they know. They're told. The video was set last week. Don't do this. Don't do this. So I got no sympathy for Clyde Edwards-Alaire or whatever ass-chewing he got from Andy Reid after the fact because that is clearly within the bounds of what the NFL is trying to eradicate from the game. A hundred percent. I mean, this is cut and dry. I mean, it's, it's literally like out of the playbook. I mean, it's out of the Antoine Winfield, Tyreek Hill conversation that we had last year. So this one to me, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing. They made the right call. This is the, this is the kind of crap again. I'd like to see out of the sport. Yeah. I'm, I'm for this again. I am. I'm not anti-everything as far as referees are concerned. This one they got right. There's no doubt. Oh, my gosh, you scored from the one-yard line. Look at you. You're special. No, defame that guy who probably had no business being over there trying to tackle you. Wasn't his responsibility. He's hustling. But, man, you know, put him down as you're walking in for your one-yard touch. That's, that's exactly what we're trying to stop. And don't give me the no-fun league bullcrap, those people out there on Twitter. You know, there's, he could have gotten the end zone and got a team, a team choreographed dance together, and that would have been fun. The game wasn't better because he pointed to a guy as he walked in the end zone on a one-yard run. That's the bullcrap we're taking out of the sport. Good job by the referees there. And two quick points before we move on. Number yeah. one, what they're trying to do is diffuse the possibility that later in the game, yes. not just a fight, not just a fight, right, but... Clyde Edwards-Alaire better have his head on a swivel because the guy into whose face uh -huh. he stuck the finger right. is going to look for a chance to get him. No doubt. Clean and legal, but he's going to look for a chance no to doubt. get him. And what's the NFL trying to do? Eradicate unnecessary gratuitous violence from the game as part of the broader push for 18 games. I'm sorry, but that's where you know, we, we, we have to... How do we minimize injuries? We minimize injuries by minimizing unnecessary contact. One way to minimize unnecessary contact is to take away that guy's incentive to go find Clyde Edwards-Alaire and knock him on his ass later in the game. Yeah. And um, it's all part of the broader plan. Yes. Now, the other thing, too, before we move on, of all teams out there, the Chiefs should be the ones who understand this because it's their fault. Right. It's Tyreek Hill's deuces that helped contribute to this. So it, it really was stunning to me that they were on the wrong side of this because they should know. Same game. Another call as we move forward with after further review. This was one where we had a misapplication, a misuse of the ability, the limited ability for the replay assistant or the folks in New York to assist with the administration of the game. Because what happened was there was a taunting foul and after further discussion, a.k.a. somebody who saw the video told the officials that there was a face mask. After further discussion, there was a face mask penalty that was called that offset the taunting. So the taunting happens. The taunting is called. You're getting 15 yards. And then, you know, you know you're getting 15 yards. The flags are on the field. But then later, yeah, there's the taunting. That's clearly taunting. That's we know that's taunting. Right? Look, it's he's getting his money's worth too. I look at it this way. If you're gonna taunt, go ahead and do it. They're not gonna give you 45 yards. Taunt the hell out of the guy. But then they see, someone sees, Chris, that there was a face mask. And after further discussion, 
air quotes, discussion, they called the face mask foul. And there it is. And that was not seen in real time. How and, is, uh, how is that not seen? That to me, I mean, that referee's right there. What is he looking at? What is he looking at? During and after the play. Over there. I don't but know. But look, what they're doing. listening. They're listening. They're not talking to each other. They're listening to New York or the replay assistant. You can tell by the way they're standing. They're not talking to each other. No. They are listening to what someone is telling them. There was a face mask on 29. So the penalty's offset. And agreed that face was that. Mask. And, right. and he's celebrating now because he got away with a free taunt. Yeah. He's still going to get fined for it probably. Right. But uh, he got away with a free taunt because they used replay after the fact to do something they shouldn't have done drop the flag for a face mask foul but but like listen i I don't know you can you can comment after me here again i i got no problem with this i know i got no problem with this i'm for getting it right and using common sense so i know by the letter of the law they're not allowed to do that but i'm all for this i am again they got it right on the field, and that's all I think as like a as somebody who watches the game, loves the sport, that's what I want to see. That's all I care about. I don't really care about, oh, when the bylaws, it was written just I understand that, but at the end of the day, I do want it to be right more than anything, and that was an egregious face mask that, you know, I do think warranted some taunting when a guy's trying to tear your head off for more than five to six seconds and won't let go, and then pulling into the ground... All right, so yes, he taunted. He was wrong, and he got penalized for it. But that other part of the penalty has to come there. And to me, this is where the NFL, I think, used common sense here. And I, I'm, I'm for that. I really am. So I'm not going to be mad at this one either. I'm going to applaud the NFL for going, good job. Uh, I don't give a damn about the little bylaws or what's written in the rule book. You got this one right, and that's what it should have been done. And uh, I'm all for that. I agree with you, Chris, a million percent. I have a very Machiavellian approach when it comes to getting the calls right. I don't care what they do to get there. I don't Just either. Just get it right. Right. And if you're violating the technical rules of the limits of the replay assistant or the communication pipeline that they have in place from New York, I don't care. I don't and, either. And I look at it this. I look yeah. at it this way. Let's go back to January of 2019. If Al Riveron had simply flipped the switch and said to the referee who was presiding over the NFC Championship game in New Orleans, yeah, drop a flag now. Think of all of the headache, heartache, emotional right. stress, mm-hmm. and issues and cluster you-know-whats that the league would have avoided if he had simply done that. And frankly, I've had that conversation with him. He's, you know, I can't, I'm not allowed to do it. I can't do it. You got to know when yeah. to break glass right. in event of emergency and break the rules in event of emergency if he had just done that then i look i don't know the whole story about why he's no longer in the position that he's in i think the problem was they created that position for dean blandino and then dean blandino decided they don't value the position so he took a job where his services were going to be properly appreciated 100%. and he was going to be properly compensated yeah. i think i think al was destined to fail in that job but he he if he had done that if he had used that pipeline and ordered them to drop a flag then we get a much different reality moving forward uh and uh, and i think that they ultimately need to just say we're going to use this as as i've said time and again a member of the officiating crew who's in the booth who helps them just like it's i've just got a different perspective i'm part of the crew i just have a different perspective 
and I'm able to tell you what I see on the, the same video feed that everyone at home sees it on. They just need to get there. And until they get there, if they want to use it from time to time that way, it sounds like you and I are both in agreement. Go ahead and do it. I'm with you. Go ahead and do it. Right. Go ahead and do it. And do, if it, I'll take it some of the time. I'd rather it be all the time, yes. but until they embrace the rule, go ahead and do it, especially in big moments. That's right. Get it right, and if you got to consistently do it, then do it. I don't care, and I don't think you're going to get pushback from fans, talking heads, or coaches at the end of the day if they're just going to consistently do it and get things right on the field. I don't think you're going to hear coaches complain or worry about it. I'm not. So, I mean, I, I don't think you will. So, yeah. All right, good. We're on the same page there. Do, do you – Do you re- think of it yeah, this way. Right. Alternate universe. Yeah. Al Riveron tells the referee to throw the flag for pass interference, yeah. and it comes out that he did. Right. Do you think that Rams fans are going to revolt? Do you think they're going to boycott the Super Bowl the way that the the Saints fans did? The rating in New Orleans for Super Bowl 53 cratered. It was like half yeah. or less than half of what it sure. usually is. How, if you're a Rams fan, how upset are you going to be? Oh, well, we got screwed because they got the call right. Yeah, exactly How dare right. they get the exactly call right. right. Exactly How right. How dare they use that's a mechanism that they have that they're not supposed to use to get the call right. Right. Uh, and so that's yeah. why they should have done it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next play, this happened in Seattle. Sidney Jones makes an interception and has a lengthy return with it against the Arizona Cardinals and Colt McCoy. After further review, the ruling on the field was overturned. Now let's remember the standard. Most of the time, they do a good job of remembering the standard. The standard is that clear and obvious evidence is necessary to wipe this play out, not just the pick, but the return down inside the five. You need clear and obvious evidence that the ruling on the field was incorrect. Do you see anything clear and obvious? Understanding that the rule allows the ball to touch the ground while you're trying to catch it. It's allowed to touch. You just can't move. Is it clear and obvious? The old 50 drunks in a bar standard clear and obvious that the ruling on the field was incorrect. I don't think it was clear and obvious. And we need a refresher. We need a reminder from time to time. You're not officiating from scratch when you look at these plays. You are asking yourself, is it clearly and obviously wrong? If the ruling on the field had been incomplete, it's not clearly and obviously wrong. If the ruling on the field is that it's a catch, it's not clearly and obviously wrong. And you need to accept that there's that gray area that is going to prevent calls from being overturned. They need to be true to that gray area, Chris, and they weren't true to it in that moment. Yeah, I, I, yes, I guess. I, I don't. I mean, again, here's one where I don't. I'm going to kind of agree with the NFL on this one for the way how it was called. You know, I, I, I mean, again, can we show the replay one more time? You know, to me, again, and and you're right. If you got 50 people, if you got 50 drunks in a bar, you're right. You're going to have some disagreements. You are, but I, I don't know my experience in football, you know, even watching this live and I remember watching it, you know, I, I felt like the ground helped him catch the football. Clearly, I did not think his hands had it and that the fact that the ball was controlled through his hands there and then it touched the ground. See, to me there, it was more like the hands were on it, but he didn't catch it. It moved significantly, I thought, within his chest to where... Hey, yes, my football experience, I would have said that's not a catch. Now, yes, that's where the clear and obvious thing does get a little bit, it does get a little bit, you know, cloudy there as far as that discussion. And you're right. I think a lot of people, there's going to be some disagreements. I think a lot of football people, 
are still going to look at that and go, that's not a catch, at least in my opinion. I, well, but 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 it, it's not an easy one. Remember the standard, this though. This is not easy. And I this, know. The standard is. This is the way. Right. Mike Holmgren explained it, and, and it comes up all the time. 50 drunks in a bar have to simultaneously shout out that was a bad call. That's that's the standard that they're supposed See, to I, use. I, Under I, that standard, I know. that's not. But. Uh, that's not an incomplete pass. But see, th- th- this is where I'll push back against that. Like 50 drunks in a bar, one are drunk, all of them, and some of them don't know about anything about football. So we can't always listen to 50 drunks in a bar. That, that, that's, that's where it does come into a little bit about people with experience in the sport, seeing it, knowing it. They, they have to make these decisions a little too. They're drunk in a bar for a reason, and they're not on the field for a reason. So that's where I'd go, let, let's, let's change that phrase to a degree. And for me, again, I'm not saying I'm right here, but I, I think just clear and obvious. But clear and obvious—that's how you—that's how you explain what clear and obvious means. I, I, it means it's so clear and it's so obvious. There's no dispute. There's no doubt that it was a bad call. And as I said, I think this is a gray area, and we get gray areas yeah. where whatever the ruling on the field is isn't going to be overturned by replay review, whether it was incomplete. Or interception, there isn't enough to overturn it, and that happens sometimes. I can it deal with these. I can deal with these. I, I can deal. This to me does not have to be. Again, it's not perfect. And yeah, you're right. I'm not trying to like disprove you or argue there. This this is a tough one. It is, you know. And I can get behind them overturning it. I could have got behind them also keeping it the same. I guess is what I'm saying here. Well, you then know, if you say that, then, I they should, then they should have kept it the same. I, I, if you I can get behind it's clear either and one, obvious. then it's not clear and I, obvious. I get you. I get you. Well, it's clear and obvious to me with experience being in the sport. And I, what, can we show that last angle one more time again? You know, that, that to me, I guess, is what I'm trying to say more than anything. I know it's not easy here, but, yeah, just go, go back just a little bit farther here. You know, again, to me, the hands are on the side of the ball. Let's let it go. Hands are on the side of the ball. You could see it squeaking through the hands. You see that ball significantly move, I feel like, as it hits the ground. Well, I feel like there's no possession as it's going there. And as it hits the ground, it moves up into his chest. It's not like his hands have it clamped down and I go, oh, he's kind of got control of it and he's rolling with it. To me, he has no control with it and the ground helps him control it. So, uh yeah, I guess I what I'm saying is I, I, I agree with it. I agree with the call there, but that's that's a tough one. It is a tough one. If we go back to how this entire I mess know. first began, the 1999 NFC Championship game, the Bird Emanuel catch, they tried to change the rule to allow that to be a catch. Yes. And it took them all those years to finally get to the point where we know what a catch is. I think if you go back and look at the Bird Emanuel catch from the 99 NFC Championship, you'll see some some similarities between that non-catch, which is supposed to be a catch now under the current rule, and what Sidney Jones did. So my point is it's not clear and obvious that it wasn't a catch. It's got to be clear and obvious it wasn't a catch. And I think it's useful, even though you and I seem to disagree on what should have happened here, it's a good reminder for everyone out there who's watching the games. Let me finish, Pete. It's, it's a clear reminder for everyone out there who's watching the games that it needs to be clear and obvious. It's not reofficiating of the play from the perspective of whoever is uh, is watching the uh, the game. Okay, uh, here's one that that I, I think has sparked a lot of confusion because we are so conditioned now that when we see a devastating hit, we assume that a flag is going to come out. But not every blow to the head, not every helmet to helmet hit, is a violation of the rules. 
even though we are now after more than 10 years of the hit to the head or neck area of the defenseless receiver, we are we are ready to say there's got to be a foul. It happened on Sunday night. Kaiser White applied a forearm to the head of Najee Harris while he was still airborne. He was not down. It was in the Chargers-Steelers game. We'll be showing you the video here momentarily. And it just looked bad. It looked like one of these plays where the flag comes out. We're so used to it. Devastating hit, flag comes out. Watch this. He's in the air and a, a forearm to the helmet, no flag. We're used to seeing the flag come out. But here's the reality. He caught the ball. He was no longer defenseless. You can deliver a blow to the head of a player who is not defenseless. He is not down. It is not one of the fouls that would fall into the bucket of thou shalt not strike a defenseless player in the head or neck area. And, uh, you know, I, I communicated with somebody who has vast experience in the application and interpretation of that rule. And I was told it is not a defenseless player. It is not an illegal hit to the head of defenseless player. It's not a foul. And I know others think it is a foul, and it's in that reasonable minds may differ category. But, but this is just a reminder. It's still football. And I'm not saying I advocate this kind of hit. All I'm saying is not every hit that looks like that is automatically a foul. We just think it is because so many hits like that now draw flags. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, uh, I agree with what you said there. But, see, to me, this goes into the common sense category again. I, if that's not defenseless, then I don't know what is. I mean, wait, I'm flying through the air and – I'm sitting there and a guy goes, you know, headhunting to try to knock me out there. I'm going down. He's going down. So this to me deserves to be flagged. And you know me, I'm not I'm not into the flagging thing. But see, this is one where I think the player can reasonably you can ask the player not to deliver that blow right there. That's where I guess I differ a little bit. That and and well, I, and again, I'm old school. You know, I, I don't, I'm not usually one to go against this. But to me, this is one where the player can reasonably make a decision as he sees him flying in the air to go, wait, I'm going to lay off here and not aim for his head with my head and my forearm and try to take it out there. So that's where I'd go common sense wise. I think that deserves to be flagged. I do. He is defenseless. And the player had two steps to kind of decide whether do I really want to try to take this guy's head off? And he decided, yeah, I do want to take it off. And that's what we're trying to get out of the sport, at least in my opinion. That's how I look at it. What, what you're saying then is that they need to expand the definition of a defenseless player yes. to include right. a player who is and, – and we could write it up. We could write it up. Basically, the player is airborne. No part of the player is touching the ground. And it is inevitable. And he's in a compromised position. Is, and and it, it's it's just I th I don't even think you need to be that specific. Okay. The, yep. Okay. The player, no part of the player is touching the ground, and it is obvious that the that the player is going to be down. That right. He's not going to land on his feet. Exactly. That's the, that's that, the part that, you got to have. That, that's the you part. need to make that you need to make that kind right. of player part of defenseless. Right. And maybe that's what they need to do. Yes. Maybe that's the change that that play will spark. For now, it's not a foul. No, I know. Maybe yeah. by next year it will be. Let's take a break. We'll take a quick a look good at the discussion. Power we had some good ones 12. there, and we and we didn't. We it wasn't all happy old Thanksgiving men NFL. We agreed with you more than not. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, do, now give us our mac and cheese power <laughs> rankings when PFT Live continues right after this. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, power rankings for week 12. The Cardinals are back on top because of the teams that were ahead of them lost and the Cardinals racked up another victory without Kyler Murray. They're 2-1 and one without Murray. And I'm sure the thing that is going to attract the most attention here, I bumped the Patriots up to number two because, Chris, I looked at all the other teams. I went Patriots or Rams, Patriots or Packers, Patriots or Bucks, Patriots or Cowboys. Right now, I got more faith in the Patriots than I do in, in every – and I, I – Probably should put them number one. They're the hottest team in the NFL yeah, right I think that's, now. That's all you got to say right there, Mike. You're right. They're the I hottest team in football. Probably should put them at number one. They're the hottest team in football. Now I don't know if I would have done that. I probably still would have gave Arizona one. I like your one too. It's gutsy. It's gutsy. I give you credit for that. I will say this: out of you know, I'm with you. The Patriots are the hottest team in football. I think after what I saw Monday night, I probably would have put the Bucks two and the Patriots three. But after that, I'm not going to argue with what you got there. I'm not. You know, I, I think there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot to respect about what you did there. I think you got the Chiefs a little low at number eight. I might have bumped them up a hair um, in front of the Ravens, maybe even in front of the Cowboys as far as the way that's going right now. But, you know, I, I, I got no issue with, like, I don't think you're crazy to put the hottest team in football at number two. I don't. You know, people got to get over this and go, like, stop the sexiness appeal. It's not going to be sexy with New England. It's, it's Yeah. But I think you're going to see a lot of suffocating efforts like we saw last Thursday night and, you know, in the weeks before that to where it's great defense, it's good running, and it's, you know, surgical passing with a, a occasional splash play from Mac Jones. That's the way it's going to look. It's the 2001 Patriots all over again. Yeah, and that's the thing. For their first half of their dynasty, it wasn't sexy. Right. It wasn't right. flashy. It was just successful. And that's kind of what they've become this year, week in and week out. And and we'll, look, we'll find out because they got Tennessee and they got Buffalo the next two games. We'll know whether or not this is a team that is ready to stay among the very top of the NFL. All right, for the full power rankings, you can check them out at PFT with our uh, our copy paste snarky comment as uh, as as warranted. Let's take a break. More PFT live coming at you right after this. I want to say a special thanks to my family, all my brothers and sisters who supported me my whole life. 
Also, I want to give a special thanks to my wife and my children for putting up with a grouchy dad for 15 years. Now I got to put up with that grouchy dad, grouchy son. <laughs> That's right. Flock of seagulls time, baby. There oh, it is. baby. That doesn't look Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. like you. That does not look like you. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going through puberty. I don't know. I'm 15. <laughs> I'm growing like a weed. Okay. I don't know what to say. I literally, Mike, I'm going through a time right there where I entered seventh grade at like 5'3". And here's right before... Fresh my freshman year, I'm I'm playing varsity quarterback, and I'm like six three all of a sudden. I grew like a foot in about an eighteen or nineteen month span. So I, I probably don't look like myself. I got all kinds of growing pains, acne, my teeth are going everywhere. I got it all going, and of course the hair <laughs> hair is going everywhere. <laughs> yes, that's that's uh, such a great moment though, and <laughs> and we we point that out because, uh. My, and uh, well, let's 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 time before before we, we got to get moving. Time for today's speed round brought to you by Verizon, <laughs> the official 5G network of the NFL. Okay, here's where I say that the Giants will be retiring Michael Strahan's jersey at halftime of the game against the Eagles on Sunday, and uh, not good luck. It doesn't go well. Yeah, it doesn't right. go well. Right. Whether it's Phil Sims. Lawrence Taylor, more recently, Eli, Eli Manning. Right. They lost all of them. Uh, so at halftime, will they be booing what they see or will they be excited in New York because the offense is better without Jason Garrett? I I, I, I mean, if you're going to make me choose one or the other this week against the Eagles, uh, I'm going to err on booing here with this one. I am. you know, Not that I don't think Freddie Kitchens is capable, but it's just it's a hard thing to transform an offense here on a short week. You know, under these circumstances with a good Eagles defense coming into town. And of course it goes back to like what we always say. Hey, the Eagles got some they got some big good defense alignment. That's gonna be an issue for the Giants. There's no doubt about it. So if you're gonna make me pick one or the other, I'm going with the Boeing. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, the Eagles are coming in hot and they are looking good, and it is gonna be a long day potentially for the Giants, regardless of the Michael Strahan jersey retirement. Rams Packers. Rams had an extra week to get ready. Will it matter for Matthew Stafford? He's get back on track in a stadium that he knows all too well from his 12 years with Detroit or will Aaron Rodgers with that toe injury that sounds like it's not going anywhere. Will he stay sharp and pull off the victory? This is a big, big game at the top of the NFC. Well, I mean, can can I pick both? I can pick both with this one. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I will be shocked if the Rams and Matthew Stafford don't get back on track. I really will. Uh, just, you know, again, the bye week, the way he played, it's Sean McVay. They're a talented football team. I would think they get back on track. Does that translate to a win? I don't know about that. But I also, you know, I think Rodgers will stay sharp too. Rodgers, he's been sharp the whole year. So I don't, I don't, I, I'm saying both on this one. They're uh there was a comment earlier this week from Sean McVay about the effort to get OBJ up to speed, and it was a word salad, but I got the impression that it's still a work in progress to get OBJ to where they need him to be in that offense. We kind of forgot about it because he didn't play last yeah, week. Yeah, right. It's something to keep an eye on. Titans 8-3 and three at the 7-4 and four Patriots. 
what's more likely? Ryan Tannehill plays well and loses, or he plays poorly and the Titans find a way to win? Uh, I can't see him playing poorly and them winning. That's for sure. You know, I, I don't see that outcome. I don't. So, I mean, I could see him playing well and you know, putting up solid numbers and not having turnovers and still losing this football game. You know, not that it's not that he means playing well is going to be 350 yards and three touchdowns. He could play well and throw for 260, a touchdown and no interceptions, and they can lose. I expect that. That's what I that that's where I I, I could I guess I'm you're gonna make me pick either one. I'll pick that one. Let's fast forward to the last one on the list. Yeah, you ask me. Oh, <laughs> um, Minnesota. Here we go. Vikings at 49ers. Big game. Five and five. Minnesota loses and you hate Kirk Cousins or Minnesota wins and you hate Kirk Cousins. <laughs> let me let me go off the board. Minnesota ties and I hate Kirk Cousins. Okay. That, okay. I hope I, not. This is I don't think this is going to go well. I, I I understand he's playing well right now, but so's Nick Bosa. If the walls close in on Kirk Cousins, the offense doesn't operate the way that it needs to. The 49ers are back to their ways from 2019, running the ball and whatnot. So uh, let's take a break. We'll have our matchup draft for Week 12 when PFT Live continues right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL. Josh Allen gets inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! Last season, your connection to this community came full circle when you found out that your grandmother had passed away. In order to honor my grandmother, people were like, let's donate $17 to Oshai Children's Hospital. What's up, buddy? How you doing? And it just blew up, you know, and gets up to over $1.3 million. And I mean, that's just gonna change so many lives for the better. You see that tomorrow night My in boy advance Blue. of the Bills Saints Thanksgiving game. All right, we got to get to it. The Week 12 matchup draft. Chris, since this is our final show before Thanksgiving, we're off tomorrow and we're also off Friday. I apologize in advance. Regardless, enjoy your weekend. For now, enjoy the matchups to come Week 12. What do you got? Well, I'm going, you know, the Irish versus the French here. You know, McVeigh versus Lafleur, Parlez-vous Francais. Uh, th- that, to me, is the one I've... I mean, of course, it's one of the marquee matchups of the weekend. Definitely. It's Rams-Packers. And what it, I mean, what's more marquee? I mean, it, 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 there's so many things that play into, you know, into the conversation. Of course, it's Stafford coming from the NFC North back home, struggling. You know, they lost their last two games before the bye week. The Packers have lost two out of three. So, you know, what coach comes up with something different or creative in this game to give their team an edge, which is a big one in the NFC? Well, I'm going to go to the AFC version of that same thing. Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. Even though Vrabel never worked for Belichick, he played for Belichick, and they are close. They are very close. I think one of the times they played not that long ago, like the, the bus was held up because Vrabel and Belichick were visiting after the game. So this is a huge one, huge implications here, especially as the Patriots continue to ascend. So Vrabel versus Belichick, huge game coming up uh, week 12. You're up. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go to is the Colts O-line versus the Bucks D-line. You know, again, you know, you know me, I love these matchups. And, of course, this is – you can go either side on this one. We've seen, like, you know, first off, the Colts are arguably the hottest running team in football with the hottest running back, that's for sure. 
And we know the Bucks, their run defense, nobody's really run on them the whole year. We've had some team had some little success, but to me that's going to go a long way to whether the Colts can win this football game. I mean, that one, it's really an offensive defensive line battle. I mean, we know Brady on the other side too. You look at that, if the Colts front four can get there, but it's that Colts O-line versus Bucks D-line that I really look at, Mike. I'll go Cam Newton versus Brian Flores just Ooh. because Newton with the Panthers beat the the Patriots twice and Flores was there for both of them what what is Brian Flores going to dial up defensively to confuse a guy who's still learning a new offense and Cam Newton has looked good that's a sneaky great game it is Carolina at Miami on Sunday let's take a break we'll do round three of the week 12 matchup draft when PFT Live continues right after this All right, Week 12 matchup draft. Round three is upon us. Christopher, who you got? Well, I'm going to go to to our game on NBC tomorrow night. I mean, first off, Bills Saints, desperation. but Not desperation, but huge game for both teams. You know, I mean, they were comfortably in the play, in playoff position a few weeks ago. I hear you're going, whoa, they, they could be falling out of favor here. I'm looking at Diggs versus Marshawn Lattimore. That, to me, is going to go a long way. Saints always match up Lattimore against the team's best receiver for a number of snaps during a game. Of course, Diggs is the go-to guy for the Buffalo Bills. Bills offense strugglesville last week. Let's see if they can turn it around. It won't be easy in New Orleans against that defense. We've already talked about the challenges that Kirk Cousins is going to face with Nick Bosa and that pass rush. So I'm going to go Jamar Chase, the Bengals receiver, the great rookie receiver in Cincinnati against the Steelers secondary. They're getting Minka Fitzpatrick back from yeah. COVID. Joe Hayden has missed some time. They need to be able to slow him down. That defense needs to step up because the offense still not at the point where it can generate a ton of points, although they did the other night yeah. late in the game. Right. But it was fueled by defense and special teams. No and doubt. If the Steelers are going to keep winning games, that's what they're going to need. And they, they can't afford to get swept by the Bengals if they want to try to get to the playoffs this season. they got a tough stretch they do. Uh, to finish the year. Right. And it's not going to be easy for the Steelers. They need this win on Sunday. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to be off Thursday and we're going to be off Friday. However, we are taping the Mega Picks podcast coming up later today. It will air tonight on PFTPM and tomorrow on PFT Live. You will see that. So all of our picks against the spread, me rubbing it in Chris's face that I now have a 10-game lead in the straight-up competition which is all that matters since i'm winning by 10 that's all that matters the rest doesn't matter uh we're very close in the other two departments you're they beating me matter. all three columns but you're right and now that you've bragged about it on this show uh gosh if i ever take the lead in one of those columns i'm gonna bring it up publicly too you're a jerk all right but happy we'll see thanksgiving. everybody later today happy thanksgiving stay safe enjoy the football see you bye Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.